guys. Thanks for tuning in again. This is Jeff with the Board of Directors Podcast and the Gazelle Group. Just gearing you up to tune in and listen with Caroline Rose and Rachel Krug of K-Rose Marketing and Consulting and K-Rose Cattle based in Three Forks, Montana. During this interview, you guys will overhear some ways to implement work culture on a remote team, how to scale a business in a somewhat primarily gender-dominated industry, and tricks of the trade when it comes to learning how to build up your digital agency. Anyways, guys, always appreciate you listening in here. This is Jeff, and this is Caroline Rose. Jeff here with Ms. Caroline Rose and Rachel Crew, and we're here in the middle of Three Forks, and I'm stoked we're doing an interview with K-Rose Marketing and Consulting and K-Rose Cattle and whatever other venture she has going on and cooking in the oven right now, and we're going to get after it. So, Caroline, real quick, you just want to introduce yourself, and Rachel, you can jump in after that. Sure. I'm Caroline Rose. I am the owner and founder of K-Rose Marketing and Consulting and K-Rose Cattle Company. Um, they're under the umbrella of the K-Rose Company. We service small business owners in marketing, um, heavily in agriculture. We do everything from logo design to one-on-one consulting. Then on the cattle side, we um, are procurement officers, and we market about 30,000 calves and 10,000 bird stock a year. And not only that, but um, you've been in business for three years. You've got six to eight team members, depending on the project scope. Uh, and you're in digital marketing and capital, two completely opposite industries, but they've found each other because of you, which is really cool. Yeah. We'll get into that. They sure. blend a little more than you think, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and Rachel, tell us about yourself. I'm Rachel Krug. I have known Caroline since high school. We went to college together. I have a background in business management and marketing, and I currently do business development and business management for the K-Rose team. I do anything from hiring, HR, all the way up to customer relations and sales, uh, and then just about um, keeping Caroline on the straight and narrow of business. That's kind of my role in the business. That's awesome, holding her accountable, especially yeah. as a boss. It's really hard to get away from that sometimes because I think I know all the answers. I don't think I have a lot of that. ideas. Rachel's like, okay, one at a time. <laughs> Which ones can we pick? Um, so yeah, as a young entrepreneur in the middle of Three Forks, uh, what it really inspired me to want to connect with your company and you in, in, uh, specifically is um, you are working in a somewhat male-dominated industry, the cattle company, um, and you've really had to have built resilience in order to breach that market, but not only that, but to succeed. And that, I really feel, stems from a strong work and imbibing your employees and empowering them to make hard decisions. Um, would you describe what a day in the life of K-Rose culture looks like? Sure. So we have um, four of them who are in the three-fourths office. The rest of the team members live throughout the United States. So when I first started the business, I immediately started with employees who did not live in the area. And it's it was challenging, to be honest, because I knew the work I was putting in, and without seeing them or being able to check in, I sometimes felt that I didn't know what they were doing. So we switched our systems um, in order for some checks and balances. So we have checks and balances with everyone here um, and the team that doesn't live here. But also we've done a really cool thing for people who um, are work from home is a project, uh, pay by project system. So the better they get at their trade, the more they make. And this has really allowed us to keep tabs on what's happening and encourage our employees to grow, do some trainings, listen to podcasts and books, which is something I'm big Mm -hmm. on. 
And so that has really helped. But I'll talk a little bit about being in a male-dominated industry. I think that I kind of had my foot in the door a little bit. My dad also buys cattle for a living. And so he opened um, the door a little. But he even told me to go work for someone else before I came back home. And like all good parents do. Yeah. <laughs> he said, go spend someone else's money before you spend mine. Um, and one thing I think is just by showing up and being different, I've really paved the way. There's a lot of people who really respect the company and what we're doing because we're different. But I definitely had to outwork the competitors and show up and work harder just to kind of get our foot in the door and get the momentum mm -hmm. building. Now we have a reputation and some momentum, so it's easier to be in a male-dominated industry, but at first it certainly was a challenge. Mm -hmm. And do you run into any of that, Rachel, dealing with you know office management or invoicing or employee hiring or anything? So part of the things that we do with the Kairos team um, on the Kairos cattle side, I help a lot with logistics on getting cattle from one place to the other, and I probably spent most of my time this fall on the phone with males anywhere from truck drivers to feedlot owners to stuff like that and sometimes they can be like who are you and why are you calling me because you know yeah. young female calling you on the phone why are they calling you right. they have no idea what they're doing um but it's definitely one of those things that once they get to know you and get to know that you know what you're doing and you don't uh, you don't need to have a guy behind you right. or a guy as your boss to tell you what to do that you have your own opinions as a woman yeah, right. they're they're very they're great to work with um I could, knowing you, I could see that being a lot of fun. <laughs> I think the other thing, though, is my dad has really gone to bat um, and has made it very clear that if any time someone's rude to us or, you know, makes us uncomfortable, mm -hmm. that he 100% stands behind us in the decisions we yeah. make, which is really nice to know. He's obviously been in the industry for over 30 years, very well respected, um, that he'll side with us. Mm -hmm. And so that has allowed me to kind of go on different avenues and, you know, meet some people that maybe I mean, people say, awesome. you know, this guy's difficult to deal with, and I'm like, well, I know I can call him on the phone because I have some background. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. So your reputation has really been supported by family and friends since you decided to get out of Montana State with an animal science degree, of all things, yep. which is awesome. Yes. Um, and so with the disruption you ladies are really creating in the industry, are you seeing that correlate directly to the groups of people you're working with? Are you seeing a shift in the culture of cattle with K. Rose influencing that? A little bit. What we're seeing now is we're really working with the sons, the grandsons, the granddaughters, the nephews, the nieces, and they're relaying the information we're sharing with the check signer. Hmm. So the person who's actually shelling out the money, okay. but we're communicating with that next generation, and it won't be very long before they're the check signer. Yeah. Um, and we're changing the way we do things. Um, email marketing, we do lots of Facebook, Facebook ads, and the old school method would be to call someone on the phone. Mm -hmm. We still do tons of phone calls, but I've sold red heifers to someone who I've never talked to before. Mm -hmm. It's just Facebook message, yeah. they wire the money, I send the heifers, it's all good. And so that's a change that's going to happen in the next few years, and your reputation is even more important when you're not having that in-person conversation or that on-the-phone conversation. Mm -hmm. And so I believe we're ahead of the curve when that changes. And so that's really nice. And also a lot of people come to us for, you know, marketing tips on cattle or what the market's doing. And they'll call and just want to chat because mm -hmm. they know that we've done our research so we can help them. 
so cool. Um, I've always loved the agriculture community just because of their ability to support. And uh, whether in North Dakota or Montana, there's always opportunity to connect. And that's what I really love about the niche you found in the community. And uh, speaking of niches, um, in, on the K-Rose website, you have a beautiful intro video about what you do, who you are, and you discuss finding a niche. And one of my favorite quotes of yours is, are the riches or the niches? And when did it click for you that it was like, oh my gosh, I need to do this? I remember actually exactly when it happened. So I graduated in May of 15. And I told my dad I was going to buy cattle for a living. And when you buy cattle for a living, you get paid when they ship. So I starved <laughs> for a good about four months. I'm sure he allowed me to pick rock or something so I could buy groceries. Yeah, right. But um, in the fall, one of one of our biggest cattle customers today, um, his name's Dave, he called and he said, I have some bread heifers to sell. You know, your dad said you're getting into the business. You want to sell my bread heifers? And I thought, well, I think I can sell these on Facebook. So I put them on Facebook and they sold within 48 hours. And that was the moment when I realized, okay, wow. we're missing something here. Mm -hmm. We can do more than what we thought we could do using social media. And it just really blossomed from there. I added a team member shortly after. Um, and that's fantastic, and it is very organic, right? Like you did not force that opportunity; it just kind of happened, essentially, by you letting your network know, like, "Hey, I'm getting into this kind of thing." Yeah. And allowing yourself to be vulnerable. And really, you know, the idea behind board of directors is how can I bring forward emotional vulnerability in the boardroom? Because there's no reason to be the big boss or the big fish. Like, no one's that cool. And I like to think I'm the least smartest person in the room, and I want to surround myself with the smarter. Um, and so knowing that, um, I, I'm interested to see how you hold your team accountable, what technologies are you using for that remote communication, and do you guys have you know, a set of values in place that you adhere your staff and other people to? Yeah, so um, if you guys know the Enneagram, I'm an eight, which means I can come across rude <laughs> at times, so I have to be really careful about um, how I communicate with people because I'm very direct mm -hmm. and to the point. Um, but some checks and balances that we have is we use Asana, and they check in every day before they start work with their three biggest projects. This allows me to make sure that um, on the priorities, we share the same priorities. So if I have priorities that I think need to be done for them, mm -hmm. and they don't have them, then I can go in and say, hey, you know, it's really important for me that you get this project done. And then at the end of the day, they do a to-done list. So everything that they did that day related to K-Rose, they write down. Um, one, I think, helps them feel accomplished. Two, it helps me see, okay, they got this done, and I felt that needed to get done. Um, and then at the uh, beginning of every week, I make a weekly agenda, and we do my schedule so people know. We do what's going to be in the emails, and then each team member writes their goals, and then we go through each team member and their goals or tasks to accomplish for the week. So we all come together Monday evenings. Um, sometimes it takes 30 minutes and sometimes it takes two hours. Right. It depends on how chatty they all are yeah. um, and how many projects we have. But <laughs> it really gives everyone just a sense of kind of what's important for the week. And the big thing being a leader is I noticed that the only issues we ever have is when I put something in the high importance, high priority column, and they have put it somewhere else. Mm. And I haven't displayed that correctly, that this is important to me. And sometimes... I can see a bunch of triggers down the line um, that I either haven't told them because there's speculation or I'm assuming something. Yeah. 
And so when I put something in that category and it's put somewhere else by the team member, that's where the conflict usually mm -hmm. arises. Um, and it just means that I haven't told them that this is really important. And so I encourage the team members to ask that question, like where would this fall? If they know that they might not get to it this week, um, then we can have really clear communication. So that's one way we do. And then we also um, are trying a new thing where each team member has one goal um, and it ends on January 31st. If they accomplish, they get a cash prize and it's a number-based goal, so it's easy to track. And then we've split the team into uh, two separate teams mm -hmm. and they're competing against oh, each that's other. That's so awesome. So is it revenue-based? Are we trying to generate new sales? Are we trying to do projects? It's based on their niche. Oh, cool. So either like a writer or... Yep. Oh, that's so So cool. like Rachel's is to book new projects. Mm -hmm. um, mine is to get Instagram followers and podcast downloads. And then like our social media person, hers is focused on that. Wow. So it's based on where they work. Um, so it's really applicable and they can do action items yeah. too. When you're not asking a fish to bark, you know, yep. like that's that's the one thing I think having been an athlete and a business owner really taught me is that really implore people to their certain skill set and have them go 100 percent because I don't want you wasting your time doing PM work when your creative is but it just doesn't make any sense. Um, I love Asana, that platform for my project management stuff is great. Um, do you do you have any communication technologies platforms you're using right now, whether it be Slack or you know Google Hangout or Zoom. Zoom? Yep. And you guys have some success with that? Yep. That's great. Um, and we love the recording feature. Because. Mm. Um, kind of like minutes of your meetings. Yeah. Right? And it, it's about 18 members who get on that call every week. Um, and in Evelyn, there's one who can't make it. Yeah. So it's really nice to be able to record. Um, and then they can go back and watch their portion. Yeah. That's um, or, awesome. Or just watch the beginning where we talk about what the week looks mm. like and what the priorities are. Um, so we do love that feature. And. They can get on, and then sometimes when I'm traveling, I won't have any sounds, so I can chat with them <laughs> at the same time. Oh, that's awesome. Um, one thing I really enjoyed learning last, well, kind of the first time we met, I learned that you uh, you like to take your team out and explore the world a little bit while also having strategic meetings and accountability calls and growth looking forward to the next year. And you took a trip to northern Montana this last year. Yeah. at a team retreat. Um, as a CEO, did you see, uh, if anything, a refresh in your team once you came back? Yeah, so I thought it was the best thing. Rachel can probably talk to it because, of course, that was my idea. So yeah, get after it. <laughs> what did you enjoy most about it? I guess maybe that's a good question. Mm, what did I enjoy most? It's nice having such a remote team, getting everybody together mm. and getting to talk to everybody and actually see each other face-to-face -face and hang out. And it kind of it helps build your team community. Mm which was probably the best thing about it because of the people there, half the people that were at the retreat, um, <coughs> like you've either never physically met before, or you've maybe wow. met once, you've talked to each other on the phone. Like so these are just 1099 contracting yep. people, yep. wow. So it was, it was a really fun to get to get know each person a little bit better. That's so cool. And really kind of build that sense of a team. Yeah, absolutely. Where, you know, it's different, like you're like, oh, I talk to you on the phone all the time, but actually physically meeting somebody. Yeah, well, like, if someone works remote, I mean, I don't ever see my clients mm -hmm. most times. So it's it's trying to instill that, like, authenticity mm -hmm. and empathy in, in, you know, once a year kind of situation. Um, and to really, I think, give your team that inspiration to like, hey guys, we get to do this, this is cool. You know, how many companies are going to a private cabin in Kalispell and spending a week along Lakeside? passion about small business. I mean, 
to most that's forward. I think it really helped to buy in too. So one thing I noticed is I tried to not lead several times in the goal section, I think was where they came up with all their own goals. Mm -hmm. um, and they would have a little banter back and forth, like, I don't think that's enough. I think you should push for more. And they really bought into the company and what we're doing. That's great. And I see more of that now. They're doing research. Mm -hmm. They're celebrating each other's wins. And before, they knew of each other, but they'd never met each other. And so now they feel like a phone call's no big deal. Yeah, you know, they're yeah. almost friends now. And before, I would say they were just acquaintances. Yeah, almost like nervous to make that interaction. Yes. Strange. And that's really what I appreciate about you know these team retreats is when you have a remote crew, it's it's one thing to go to a sale barn and actually feel the vibe, and another to be on a screen. And so getting to see that value drop in a different place and allow that company culture to really vibe. That's really um, what Board of Directors is about, is how can we help other small business companies, digital agencies, and tech startups find that um, kind of conduciveness and that conduit from remote to the in-house employee. It can be a lot, it can be a lot. I mean, New York is, I think 90% of the workforce is remote, and it's wonderful, but it's also extremely frustrating. Um, one of the things I wanted to know was, how do you hold your boss accountable, Rachel? How do I hold Caroline? <laughs> um, do you guys have like a timeout corner? Caroline's corner? <laughs> I mean, we should. That's definitely something I'm going to put on the list. Yeah, thanks, thanks to the idea. <laughs> thanks to the idea. Um, a lot of it, when it comes down to it, I make it a point to disagree with Caroline. Mm. Even if I agree with her, I make it a point to disagree with her. Uh, because I think it helps her rein in. She has a, she has a lot of ideas, a lot of great ideas, um, and being uh, you know being Caroline and a small business owner and CEO, and she can talk to this like she did this because she didn't want to work a nine to five, but she also now works a five to nine. And sometimes I have to rein her in and remind her that you know, well she works five to nine, the rest of her employees don't. Yeah. And so that's where like, some of those <laughs> checks and balances come in. Is when uh, she's got great ideas at five in the morning, and I'm like, okay, buddy, I'm still in bed. Um, wait, I did so good this morning. I almost texted you yes at three thirty, and then I was like, uh, I should wait. <laughs> but you know, we we talk on we because Carolyn's always on the road, or I'm always somewhere. Like it's very rare that we actually see each other face to face. But even before I worked for her, um, even when I worked for her part time, um, we probably talked on the phone like a minimum of an hour a day. And really a lot of that was like her saying things and me saying, but what about this? Mm. So a lot of it's just, it's not so much holding her accountable. It's having the ability to tell her no. Yeah. And having the ability to tell her you need to rethink this or having the ability to disagree. And I always encourage, like every single time in our team meetings, I always, and like everybody's just agreeing with Caroline. I go, you guys do not agree. And everybody's agreeing. Even if it's a great idea, I try to be the voice of opposition. Yeah. Tell them, I'm like, this is not a dictatorship. As we go, as Carolyn mentioned earlier, she's an eight. And so she'd come off, um, what's, a, what's a good way? Blunt. 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 She'd come like off very blunt, blunt yeah. and then people don't want to disagree with her because then she comes off blunt to them. Well, when she's defending easy, herself. Right? Yeah. And so it's one of those things that it's very hard to want to defend yourself against somebody that's going to come back very aggressively at you. No, no, that's, no, I think that's... Uh, Very bluntly back yeah. at you. Yeah, well, you're going to respond in a manner that's assertive because that's how you build your leadership. You know, and this, that's where Caroline and I's relationship really balances well is I know she's going to come back with that, 
and I've gotten, like, when I first met Caroline, I was like, I don't want to be her friend. She's not a bitch. And that was, like, honestly, in my opinion. And I'm like, okay, she, she's like, people people know her, and she's got a lot going on, but I'm like, I don't want to be her friend. Oh my God. And, like, it took some actual hanging out with her and just getting used to the fact that that's who she is right. for me to be like, oh, it's that's just Caroline. Sometimes people be like, Caroline said this, and I was like, that's just Caroline. Yeah, just like she doesn't, she, like just don't take, don't take it back too much to heart because she probably doesn't even bat an eye. What a yin and yang you, I mean, Caroline, I mean, you kind of struck gold, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> one thing I think Rachel says that she says no about projects a lot, and I think the answer to that actually would be that you say not yet. Mm-hmm. A lot of times she's like, no, the season's not right for this. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the bandwidth for it. Yeah. That's what that's what she says more than just a flat out no. And, and so, but you, what I really love about this is where this is going is, Caroline, you really set the foundation early with characters, instilled those values right out the gate, and then you found this crazy opposite, but also like kindred spirit in Rachel, who latched onto those values and then just let them bloom, and and so really you've kind of delegated company culture to Rachel in a manner, which is accountability with the ability to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that's something I really love about your agency is that you ask your team members to fail and fail fast because I don't want to have to hear about this in six months. I want to hear about it now so we can change. Yep. And that kind of vulnerability is what Board of Directors is about. It's instilling if you're going to fail, fail fast, make mistakes quick, and where can we go from here. Um, so the digital agency, the Cal company, uh, you've got four other things, I mean that's just from this morning, at 3.30 you have four other things going on top of the last few years of work. Um, I loved the discussion around holding her accountable, Rachel. I think it's oftentimes as a leader very easy to think I'm right. Um, And having that constructive criticism always on my right or left is viable. Um, The idea of board of directors is accountability. Do you have a board of directors of your own, Carolyn? I have a personal board of directors I had since college. Mm. It involves five people. That before I make big life decisions, I run it by them. What? Um, for example, we were in meetings together yesterday, and I talked to two board of directors after we left. Mm. Um, they're not intimately in on the business, so they're really reacting on gut feeling when I tell them something, um, which is really nice. They don't know the financial side. They don't know the time commitment. It's more a gut reaction. Mm. And I've had that board of directors um, ever since college. I feel like it's really good to have people hold you accountable um, that say, you know, this isn't the best you, you can do better. Um, and so I'm a big believer in that. I tell people, I write about that in blogs, and that it's really important, especially outside of business. And, you know, Rachel's kind of unique. I had a friend say, he's on my board of directors, we went on vacation together, and she said, if I didn't know you guys better, I'd feel like you were yelling at each other on the phone for an hour and then you text each other about what our kids are doing that yeah, night. Like, yeah. And that's just our relationship um, is really, when we're talking business, we can, we can disagree and hang up, not happy with the other's decision. But then at the end of the day, we're still friends. We don't typically dwell on things. Yeah. yeah. And we know because I know Rachel has the company's best interest. She's not going to pull a move that puts the company under because, one, it's her livelihood and her family's livelihood, but also... She cares about what we're doing and our customers, and she wants to see it succeed. Yeah. And I know that because we know each other on a level that's not business. Yeah. 
Um, but I do think having a board of directors is really, really valuable. Um, my siblings, one of my siblings is in on my board of directors. He works for my dad, mm. so I probably see him three to four times a week. Oh, wow. Um, we have dinner together, and so I'm able to bounce ideas off of him. And he's five years older, so he brings a different view um, to the table than to my other board of directors. But uh, it's very valuable. Yeah, that's, well, that's a really good segue, because I, too, have a board. Um, and when I, when I really began to create it two years ago, my thought around it was, okay, I need, you know, five souls that want to see me elevate and engage, um, but have expertise in certain areas in their life. And so something I employ the Gazelle Network uh, and, you know, our community members is when you go to build that board, you know, really be tactitious in who you decide to be on there. I wouldn't advise family or friends, you know, maybe one to keep your P's and Q's in order and make sure that every practical childhood moment is at place, uh, but allow those other four to really be uh, focused in finance or real estate or you know market strategy or whatever it is, to allow yourself to release that thought because you have bigger ideas to worry about and sometimes those ideas aren't right or wrong and it's nice to have someone to pet you off. Um, now, the, the board of directors do you host, is it a quarterly meeting that you get together and you bounce ideas or just kind of randomly throughout the year? Just randomly okay. throughout the year. Whenever, um, a lot of them live in Montana, some don't, and so it's whenever we see each other, or one of them I catch up once a week on the phone with uh, for about an hour. Wow. And she's in HR, and so we talk a lot, uh, tons that of different concepts. Um, <laughs> Especially with remote workers. Yes. So just kind of whenever I need something or they need something. And it's really just this unspoken rule of confidentiality and um, kind of pushback, and so it's it's worked really well. That's awesome. Um, well, I am going to wrap this up because we have a huge day ahead of us, and I'm going to take a couple of New Yorkers up to Big Sky and shoot shoot guns. It's going to be so fun. Uh, by the way, you totally threw him off yesterday with your little first move. <laughs> yeah. 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 He was like, we're going to go shoot guns, and I was so like, fun. like this one? <laughs> yeah, and his face was fun. Um, so, uh, first off, where can uh, all of my community find you? Um, I've got at K-Rose Cattle and K-Rose underscore marketing. And then you also got krosemarketing.com, krosecattle.com. The easiest one to probably find is krosecompany.com. krosecompany.com, okay. Because that'll take them to any of our sites. We'll also connect them to all our social media. Okay. Um, they can find us on just about any social media from YouTube to Pinterest to Instagram, awesome. Facebook. Okay. I'm missing Facebook group. Facebook blog. groups, we've got a blog, and, and you, a podcast soon. Yeah, and you got a podcast coming yeah. up. We've got uh, some literature you're writing down right now, a book on, on deck. Um, and then also, where was I going with this? Uh, you do um, agency webinars as well, right? So if yep. a small business or entrepreneur needs some marketing skills, you host live. Lots of free trainings. We do free. lots of free trainings. We also do a lot of um, going to conferences, awesome. presenting. We also do a lot of one-on-one -on -one training and consulting, um, whether it's to build your business plan for the next year, or whether you're a new business owner and you just need a little bit of direction with you know, the starting outs, the marketing, the getting going. Sure. We do a lot of that. Okay. Well, awesome. So everyone go to krosecompany.com, check them out there, look for a book, we got a podcast. This audio will probably be stripped and sent to you, so you'll have this. Perfect. Um, and then let's just stay connected. We'll probably live at lunch in this. Uh, I'm probably do What's today, Wednesday? Friday? Wednesday. Probably trying to launch Friday. Um, and then all I want to say is thank you guys. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It's always fun. Always fun. Bye.